Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Coming soon to Podcast One, Red Circle Sports with Dennis Miller. Get your weekend sports roundup every Tuesday exclusively from Podcast One and comedian Dennis Miller. He's going through and circling the most exciting headlines so you don't have to and bringing you a lot of laughs along with them. Be sure to download new episodes of Red Circle Sports with Dennis Miller every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or at PodcastOne.com. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Starving for Attention. I'm Richard Blaze uh, with Jasmine Blaze, my wife. Hi there. If you didn't know that, we share the same last name. Yep. Uh, we're married. <laughs> Still. Yep. It's not a common last we're name. We're in the new year now. We are. Happy right? 2018. Happy 2018. Yeah. Even though technically we're recording this just a couple days before. Yeah, a couple clicks. The new know. year. I, and we're mo- if you're rounding, we're mostly 2018. We're 2018. Uh, and I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready to, 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 to pack up 2017. Yeah. Uh, the, I'll, pack I'll, it up it, in a box. It was busy. Put it up on a shelf. I mean, it was, it was a busy year. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and we launched our podcast in 2017, though. We did. That's right. Estimated yep. or established. Esta- founded. founded. Well, we have to get hats that say starving for attention. Founded yeah. okay. 2017. We'll I do want to get, by the way, totally sidebar. I want to get the merch lineup. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about we that. We did talk about that. Question to our audience. Would you buy the Starving for Attention trucker hat? Would you do? Would you rather us have a hoodie or a sweatshirt without a hood? Are Probably you more in the fleece? Or do we want to go big? Do we want to do cashmere hoodies, which is a big <laughs> thing right now? I'm serious. Do we want to go Supreme Street Team? No, we want to go like maybe. a little. I, that's how I'd like to go. Right. Yeah. I, I roll with the flat brim cap and stuff. People are yeah. always telling me to bend the rim. Yeah. Uh, but I think we should. We're going to start a merch line. Sure. Uh, but. Uh, Perfect guest today to start off the new year as we're starting to get into, uh, you know, changes and evolution. And eating uh, healthy. Eating healthy. <laughs> well, the good right. point. Right. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me <laughs> that that's what I need to do. Our guest today is uh, the incomparable Jeremy Fox. Incomparable. Incomparable. Incomparable? I think you could say it both ways. I think you can either. Maybe I'm saying it the British way, which makes me feel Which makes awesome. you, which you, well, you're, you're like a lot. Aluminium. Yeah, exactly. Sexual. Yes. Uh, controversy. Yes. Maybe we could just well, do a whole episode on British words uh, okay. that you say different in the uh, in, yeah. in the American lexicon. Twenty eighteen is looking good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy Fox, you're saying eating healthy because he sort of made his name at Ubuntu, uh, a restaurant. <laughs> Did I pronounce that incorrectly? <laughs> I don't know. Ubuntu. I think Ubuntu. it's Ubuntu. Yeah. Uh, we'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, but up in Northern California, known for vegetables, just dropped an amazing cookbook. Uh, on vegetables right. that you, if you don't have pretty, you need one of those pretty, pretty book, yeah. uh, you know one of those real pretty just books. like a, a coffee table book you right know, with like, a cover nice beautiful un- unbelievable yeah. I think it took years to make because I we have publishing I think it friends did too but I don't think it was all just a publishing thing I think some of it intertwined with Ooh, what was happening is, in his life oh and, this is where you're yeah. going also he is sort of known to be a perfectionist yeah uh, and he's sure. evolved a lot in his cooking. Uh, and I, I mean, as a person, I think as well, right? So it's a perfect New Year's sort of episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, new, new beginnings and and growth, and you know. I got a confession to make about Jeremy Fox. Let's hear it. Uh, 
I stalk his Instagram page Do you really? at Rustic Canyon. His oh. food is just beautiful. Really? And like you had showed me an article, and we'll get to get into it here in this interview, about how it Instagram sort of... Oh, he works on it. Yeah. Like he works like, on it, but it kind of changed it. his life in a way, right? Like it changed well, no, the way he looks at food? Well, I think he was saying that, and we'll have to ask him this, but I think what he was saying in the interview was that Instagram helps him edit his dishes. Yes. So he'll take pictures and look at it and then, you know, futz with it and take away things. And, you know, his, could, I, his idea being that, like, uh, he wants his dishes to look not um, uh, raw, overwrought. Or he does but it. But he kind of is overwrought I love this. <laughs> with them on Instagram. Right? This could be the whole episode. And a matter of fact, can you write down a little note? I think we want to, in 2018, get a little bit more into the Instagram influencer game. And like, it's such an important thing in you know, basically our business right now uh, is social media. And Jeremy Fox, his, his Instagram dishes, they literally look like something I always tell my cooks, like the food just gently parachuted out of the sky onto a plate Everything looks unfussed with and supernatural. Right. And the fact that he actually works hard at making it look like that, even though it might not technically be. Uh, right. His intentions you know. is to make it look like he didn't. Well, he does a good job. But he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And, and I think, quite honestly, that's also interesting. I think there's a lot of people that when they're creating content or creating pictures especially, or you're doing that one plate for lineup in your restaurant you're, and you're taking that photo of it, you want it to look a little bit uh, more refined and put together and, and brand new. Yeah. Uh, and his food just simply looks and is, but simply looks on Instagram delicious. Yeah. And I love chefs. Jen Lewis is another one who has the ability yeah. to sort of do that. Nate Appleman's another chef uh-huh, who sure. has, has the ability to just put food on a plate. And in a picture, you're just like, I want to just it go over to this guy's house and eat dinner with him. Delicious. I want to go eat dinner right. with her. Yeah. Uh, so he's really, really good at that. Um, we've also shared a bowl of ramen at some point. It'll come up. I don't know if he'll ever remember <laughs> this it. This is a weird story. It's a yeah. really weird story yeah, where just, uh, our friend Eli and, uh, and Jeremy and I just in San Francisco shared a random like bowl of ramen uh, for lunch. Uh, he's one of my personal favorite chefs. He's just destroying the scene here in Los Angeles. Uh, and the last couple episodes have been really focused on these Los Angeles chefs who are sort of changing the game nationally, aren't they? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to get crazy like a fox right here, Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sort of turning into like the silver fox a little bit. A little on, the, on the sides I mean, even some of it's hair product, but on the sides, it's definitely going Brett Farby. Yeah, no, on the sides, it's not hair product. What are you, why are you like blinking? <laughs> well, because no. it's, been, it's been, you know, going, going towards salt and peppery for a while on the sides. It's, there. Yeah, of course. But you used to say, like, it's just blonde. I never used to say that. You did too. I'm going for the Anderson Cooper. Somewhere between Anderson Cooper and Daenerys Stormborn is where I'm going. Are you talking about just your hair? No. Okay. Jeremy Fox. All right, dude. Thank you so much. We've been uh, chasing you for a little while, so thank you for uh, letting us find you uh, and and, and, and coming in. Where where are we finding you today? Uh, where 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 are you coming from? I'm uh, actually coming from home today. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and home is? Home is in Atwater Village. So okay. it's uh, completely other side of the city than, than where I work. So um, I think producer Heather. And totally. Heather's from Atwater Village. <laughs> Heather, do you live in think- Atwater Village? No, but I go to home quite a bit. Oh, okay. There, there, there you go. go. Right on. So uh, a, f- a fan. I, you don't re- I've never seen Heather give the two fist up sort uh-uh. of salute, by the way. No, never. So, uh, Water in the house. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for, for hanging out with us, dude. Good to see you. You too. Um, you are just, listen, let's just get right into it. You're just like s- super hot right now. Am I? I don't, I don't feel that <laughs> like, way. I mean, I feel like for like years, like every, everyone knows how talented you are uh, and everyone knows your food is delicious, but I feel like right now you can't. 
open up a magazine. Um, I'm always reading about you. Obviously, the restaurants are. How many restaurants do you have right now? Uh, we have, there's uh, three right now. So three right right now, which yeah. means that you're opening more. There's another one planned, but that's probably 15 months away. Okay. Uh, the cookbook just came out somewhat recently. Yeah, yeah, spring. I think it was like right around the same time as yours or a little bit before. And right around. Okay, so yeah, your book, uh, which the name is? It's on Vegetables. On Vegetables. I was going to say Vegetables. It came out around the same time as my book, So Good. Uh, and like we lived together on the top like s- seller page for like a half a day until mine abruptly fell out of it. <laughs> and then yours just climbed to the top. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like every day, I, even when I'm just like buying gifts, I'm opening up that Amazon page and your book is right there in the in the, in the best sellers they're trying to sell um, me my own book i get you know yeah. get kind of some emails like you should check this book out i was like i am sick oh, of that you're book. Like, you'd, I, like, I, you'd like this no, book. first of all that's true that's kind of amazing <laughs> hey you should check this book out by jeremy fox on vegetables um and it took and you're like yeah i've been around that book for how many years that book took off and on about seven or eight years okay to, to make which but, is which is just a shade outside of a normal book at least right. in our experience right i mean once i actually got around to being serious about it, it took about a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when you say being serious about uh, about it, I mean like like digging in and digging like doing in. the um, like test kitchen stuff for it, or yeah, actually figuring out what's going to be in the book. Like it, there there was no like proposal for the book, so uh, there was no uh, outline for what it was going to be. So mm-hmm. uh, eventually, had to figure out okay, what is this book going to be? Uh, what's what kind of food? Obviously, it, you know, it's going to be vegetarian, but um, you know, came up with the dishes, tested them, photographed them, um, then all the, you know, rewrites and edits and all that stuff that goes with it. So now, did you always know that, like, like it was – so you you knew it was going to be vegetables always because I that's always just knew. your, yeah, that's it your was, passion. That's one of your passions. One of my passions, but it was also what the what the deal was. You know, right. I, when I had signed the, the contract for the book, this was in 2010 when I was just coming off uh, – being the chef of a vegetarian restaurant, so well, how do you pronounce? U- 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 it was it was u- called Ubuntu. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said I think it right. I got it right. You did yeah, we it had right. a little yeah. contra- uh, It yeah. was controversial. I've man. heard it many yeah. different <laughs> ways. Yeah. I believe it. Um, so, like, that's what got the publisher to find you, or did you find the publisher? Uh, the publisher found me. Okay, and uh, and so they knew it was going to be vegetables. Right. And then um, you did you dragged your feet a little bit on it. Dragged or? my feet. I, I didn't really cook for a few years, and I def- I didn't really uh, work as a chef for. Um, you know, a, a, a consistent amount of time for about four, four years, three or four years. So, um, you know, once I was at Rustic Canyon uh, for about uh, a year, and I found out I had a, a baby on the way, it was it was time to all right, let's do this. Now is a now is a great time. I got that seems to be a pretty big catalyst for right? a lot of Babies. people. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, not, I mean, of course, not just the food world, but sort of like a, a, you know, hey, it's time to make this hard pivot or it's time to really dig into this one thing that I know I can do. It's time to adult. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> so that's really because I was thinking too, and I was telling Jasmine before you got here that like, again, your food's always been amazing, but I feel like your food at Rustic Canyon just like for me, just like and and uh, you know through Instagram, to be quite honestly, mm-hmm. just like it was so soulful. Like not that your food has never been that in the past, but like was it because of a child on the way, or was it because of all the hurdles that you overcame to get to that position at Russell Canyon? I, I think it was. I think it was the the hurdles to kind of get to where um, I felt happy, felt content and that kind of uh definitely translated over into the food where um i I, 
it, it was food that I, I wasn't, you know, trying to impress with it. It was just kind of food how I wanted it, how I wanted it to taste, how I wanted it to look, kind of look effortless, right. look like it it wasn't necessarily composed. Um, and that, that's kind of the direction that we read that went. we read that about again specifically. I'm a massive fan of you, but of your Instagram stuff as well. So I mean, you, know, you probably see me trolling on your Instagram frequently. I, I, I do the same. <laughs> um, but it looks just like again, like it parachuted easy. from the yeah. sky. Yeah, easy. Like it was just made in that old sort of earthenware pot, and it just ended up on this amazing plate with no work at all that went into it. It's just that's that's, that's the hope. That's that's what I. That's it, what I you're go doing for, it, dude. Like, uh, and but that's not. But there's an effort to get it sure. to be like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you had mentioned that like you weren't trying to impress. Like this is something that I'm trying to. I oh, try and I'm. I haven't. I haven't gotten to your point. I haven't actually found like the way to get there. Like that, that need to sort of impress. Mm-hmm. Like who who are we trying as chefs at that moment that you're talking about to impress? Is it just is it other chefs? Sometimes that's that's kind of where what the question is, and and you know you can you can catch yourself going down a certain road or fall, you know if there's a certain trend or um, yeah sometimes it, you have to really ask you know. Who am I trying to impress? Who who do I have to make happy? You know, is it is it other chefs? Is it uh, the media? Is it uh, the people who are actually coming into the restaurant and eating? You know, obviously, uh, obviously, for me, it's the people coming into the restaurant and uh, hoping that you know, at the end of a day, that you know, whether they had a good day and they're celebrating, or they had a bad day and they just kind of want to have uh, a good meal and forget about it. That's you know. You don't have a lot. There's not a lot of jobs where you have the ability to have that kind of impact on on people. Where you can actually, yes, it's just food. We're not saving lives, but like we can definitely make people's day better. And right. That's that's you know I feel very fortunate to do and, that. And and so um like I feel like we can lose like at certain point we lose that connection to like just making people happy. Right. It seems like maybe yeah. you've you've gone through that as definitely well. Definitely went through that. Yeah. Where like I'm this isn't even for the guest. This is for me to get an article written about this dish or this is I'm using this ingredient because only because no one else is using this ingredient. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes just like a chicken thigh can be delicious. And exactly. Like, yeah. And like are you more than anyone else, I feel like you just absolutely nail that. Um, at, you know, in your in your latest projects, of course, um, that took some soul searching to to get to that point. Oh, a lot, and you know, I don't I don't have all the answers yet. I'm not uh, perfect by any means, but um, you know, it's it's a constant. Uh, you know, it, to be you know cliche, it's a journey, and and you know, it's, it's just trying to go in the right direction and stay on uh, stay on a good path. Are there some golden rules as you're like, you know, the, the honing in on that style of like, how would you describe your food? I mean, first of all, how would you? I mean, I always just say farm the table. Like, I, right. I don't, uh, I don't have, um, I don't have a certain thing. Like for for a while, I had vegetarian. I was it was really easy to to say this is what the food is. Um, you know, I don't do you know, I don't specialize in Italian food or French food or Spanish food or. Uh, it's just kind of maybe it's eclectic farm the table uh, if right. I had to, if I had to say something but um, you know I, I I think the the hallmarks of it is I, I just don't want anything extra on the plate I don't want anything there just because um, I thought it would sound cool or I thought it would look cool it, it, it all has to make sense it can't look over fussed it can't look over touched. Um, you know that's kind of what helped with Instagram is it's different looking at the plate. Uh, with your with your eyes, and then actually seeing it uh, like in in a picture, and sometimes things look too perfect. Um, mm, yeah, 
because uh, you you know you wanted to look a certain way, but sometimes it looks like you forced it. Right. So it was kind of co- constantly studying um, the pictures that I that I take and being like yeah, that that looks too perfect. That looks too. And then you would go back and find that also yeah it looks too perfect, but also it didn't it really have any role flavor wise for that. Right. Exactly. You, so, you, mean, so you say – I want to go back because you said farm to table is sometimes what you say. So do you get mad at, at, at the overuse and maybe even the abuse of that term? Or no, are you fine with it? Are you, you know, I'm a pretty more, chill more guy. Like yeah. uh, it, <laughs> it, it, At this point, it, it takes a lot to, to piss me off. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't really bother me. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, it's, I know it is definitely overused, but um, I can't think of a better uh, – I mean, if you're, I can't picture, I can't come up with a better, like, you know, a few word description of what it kind of goes back to your philosophy. Like, if you're, if you're trying to find a new description for it, that's not the goal of it anyway. Who cares what you want to call it? As long as you call it delicious, uh, (laughs) right? I mean, as long as you enjoy it, it seems to be like the goal. Do you keep vegetarian or? I do do not, no. You do not. But, but so then how did it, how did it happen? I've I've never really, I've never been vegetarian. Um, I think it was just, uh, you know, I was 30 years old, and um, I'd been chef de cuisine at Manresa Restaurant in Los Gatos for, for a few years. Right. And, you know, we had started a, f- a farm there. We started a partnership with uh, with Cynthia Sandberg of uh, Love Apple Farms, and just all of a sudden we're getting amazing produce and things I'd never heard of. And it just became very interesting to me. And then, you know, the this job opening a vegetarian restaurant in Napa uh, was brought to me, and it definitely sounded odd, you know, having a, a yoga studio uh, on the mezzanine. But I met uh, Jeff Dawson, who it sounds was the amazing farmer. to you, by the way, <laughs> right? He's a yoga right. instructor. Right, yeah. right. Um, I met Jeff Dawson, who was the farmer for you know. We had our own biodynamic garden, and I met him, and wow. I, I just knew that this was this was what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I didn't know how to cook vegetarian food, but I thought I could at least cook vegetables. Um, how I wanted to cook them, and it, it could be good. So yeah. it was really um, the the challenge of it, um, coupled with the fact that well, you had all these resources yeah, as far as ingredients. Like, I was thirty years old. I'd never been the chef of a restaurant, and you know, it's you, you kind of don't overthink things. Maybe at that age, where you're like, yeah, I could do that. Right. Whereas now, I would be very like, all right, let me weigh the pros and cons. Let me think about if this project is right for me. Right. Like, and I'm assuming now, especially with the book, you're you're fine then, though, being sort of the vegetable or the vegetarian. Chef, you're you're okay with having that as a yeah, subtitle? I think I definitely fought it for a while, right? Because um, I, you know, it, it, I didn't necessarily want to do that again, um, but it is also something that I, I really love and just seem to kind of gravitate towards. So I do usually, if I do events, uh, get asked to do you know do the veg the vegetables, and so, usually when I get the chance to choose, I choose not to do it right, right, right. just because I always do the vegetables those are those emails that I feel like yeah. as a chef you just got to answer first right like yeah. you get those you like here one. are the five chefs doing this dinner uh, and whoever emails yeah, yeah. first is going to get <laughs> to do whatever course, course they yeah. want to do I always seem that I do it first and then everyone else chimes in like a week before and then I end up having to change it it yeah. always seems to work that way Gosh. you just did a did you just do a, was it Meadowood did you just do a dinner up yes there? I just uh, the 12 days of Christmas and you stay pretty busy doing that sort of like um, not necessarily I, I want to say festival life but you do a lot of these sort of guest chefs I've tried dinners. to this year I, I is never, that because of the book or I think it was partly the book partly you know I just felt like maybe I was isolating myself because I wasn't doing any events I wasn't uh, doing any festivals so um, I've, I've been a, a little choosy with them. I've done a lot of kind of uh, uh, opportunity to kind of cook with p- 
people that I that I really like that I, I would love to work in that kitchen. So it's been kind of like uh, more like bucket list events, and oh, I get to cook it. Uh, I get to cook it. Uh, co like that right. was that was a, a really cool treat or cook with um, a lot of my ex uh, cooks and who are now chefs up in um, San Francisco at Nightbird. That was really Not that was right. really special. So it's more just for you to for the experience of it, but you don't look at any of that sort of thing uh, in, in from the marketing perspective, or no, it's going to help spread the the name of the restaurant, or it's going to help sell books, or you're just an awesome. I'm dude. just not good. I'm just not good at it. I'm just not good at it. I, I, I um, you know, this is, uh, this is a you know a challenge to talk on a on a podcast, but it's. Uh, you know, I know you. I like you, so I, I thought oh, this would be cool. Dude, first of all, I'm, it, gives, it gives me massive street cred that you showed up because, like, you are like the. You're, I was you're, early. I was an hour early. I know, and you were early. In, in LA, like, um, early, yeah. And like you, like you are, like you know, this, this term. I, I don't. I don't use this for. You're like a. This, you're a chef's chef. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, and like my team, like, thank you for even just showing up on the podcast because my team is going to be amazed that like I got to sit in a room with you for an hour and, and talk about. Food. Do you remember when we had we shared a bowl of ramen yeah in, uh, you remember in san francisco <laughs> yes yeah. with eli with eli it really did happen yeah i was telling jasmine this story and i was like no we it was like it a, like a kind dream. of a weird like little lunch we had and it was like jeremy was there and we had ramen and we went our separate ways but it was kind of like something that i've always had in the, in the back of my mind like that was kind of a, well, a fun you, little you came through atlanta you lived there you have atlanta yeah. I grew up there? yeah I, I from seventh grade till i was 25 uh okay. i was i was in atlanta where'd you live um doorville Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So we and, were we were there for the better part of a decade, but I don't know if it overlapped. Yes, yeah. I was at Mumbo Jumbo, and oh, I was wow. just hearing totally. kind of rumblings of this this guy at um was it uh, the Fish Place? Oh yeah, Fishbone. Yeah. Fishbone. Fishbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gee, yikes. Yeah. Um, but Mumbo Jumbo, yeah, both of those are blasts from the past. Yeah. yeah right. Um, and you also emceed uh, that. Iron sh- that not Iron Chef, oh, but like that in, uh, Charleston. in Charleston, that competition. That's where- right. I, yeah, that was probably the first time I ever emceed everything, so I was probably pretty horrible. <laughs> I uh, it was my and- first time doing that. I think I. Don't say, I don't think I said any words. Yeah, you. Won, <laughs> I know you won. I'm sure you won. Whatever. I did not. You no, didn't no, no. win. Uh, I, it was uh, me and Aaron Deal. Um, yeah, and totally. I, I yeah. totally brought him down. We didn't win. <laughs> I don't think that's you. What are your? That's an interesting uh, uh, segue here. What are your thoughts on like food competition? And, and give it to me real. I know you know my background a little bit, but like what? Like what is your thoughts on just in general food TV, specifically on the like the competition and you know we're gonna make cakes in thirty minutes and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Top Chef. I always I always liked watching. I, th- I think it's good. You know, it it's uh, it exposes more people to, to cooking, right? I definitely have a respect for people who do that. Just knowing that I don't, uh, <laughs> no, I, no I, I will not, <laughs> I will not uh, operate very well under those circumstances where it's like, uh, all right, surprise! Here's you got to do this, this, this. You have twenty minutes. Go like, right. I, 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 w- I would just be probably just taking my time. I would, you know, wouldn't cross the finish line. You're more of an album type. I be, uh, like you know, I, I always think of it like. Um, you know, a musician who like is like really is great at like creating an album and like goes into the studio and like really puts together like a great album, and then some people can just you know get away with like jumping up on stage in five minutes and you know playing a few chords and and that's all they can do. They can't create that album. Yeah, I think it's a stress level. It's 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 uh, I kind of work on a much slower pace, so I just I couldn't keep. Has up. that always been? Have you? Um, we were talking with uh, John and Vinny uh, last week, and um, have you ever been the sort of hothead? 
chef? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, coming up, I was, you know, I was kind of uh, an obsessive cook. So I would, I would, you know, I would show up early when I was doing the uh, the pasta station. I like shaved my arms, so like when I was doing the sheets of pasta, I wouldn't uh, get hair in the in the pasta. Like Whoa. I was, it was. That's, that's so I was in, I was intense. Like, you know, when I was a line cook, I would be. Uh, you know, I'd be very vocal with other cooks. Like, even though I wasn't like a sous chef, I'd be like, "Come on, guys, keep up, come on." Right. So you just uh, uh, lead by example. I, I was, I was definitely tough. Like, um, and then when I was, you know, a, a chef, when I became a chef, I was definitely, uh, definitely a hothead. Definitely uh, could not um, necessarily articulate frustrations uh, uh, in a positive way. Right. Um, and that's that's been a that's been kind of a big learning. But that's process. all. But that's uh, totally changed. I mean, because I can't even like at this point, I can't imagine you being, um, you know, any, any that sort of chef anymore. No, it's it's just hard. I think part of it is having having a kid, and you know, it's mm-hmm. you know, looking at. Uh, well, now it's you know, it's kids in my kitchen. It's you know, I'm 41. I'm right. not, I'm not 20 anymore. So you know, some of these some of these cooks were born. Uh, a lot of them were born after I graduated high school. Um, it's so, man, I don't. I know. Listen, madness. we're around the same age. I don't feel that old. But like, yeah, but when you realize that old, and yeah. you're looking at the application or you ask someone when they were born, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm starting to be, I'm old. I mean, so is there, <laughs> I'm old. Do you think there's a, a paradigm shift like happening in restaurants then with some of the, the millennial generation and even younger that are coming in that, that don't respond to the screaming, berating, yelling chef? I think sh- – yeah, I mean they shouldn't respond to it too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think well, they're uh, watching. Uh, I mean, no offense. Again, they're watching Hell's Kitchen. Though they see, they still sure. it's still being Maybe, sort of romanticized. Yeah. This like hothead sort of chef. I, think I mean, now at this point, I think we're we're definitely we have to. I move don't know. Away though. I mean, Ramsey, you know, on there, it's more of a like, can you believe this? It's not portrayed as this is normal, you know. Right. So like the younger generation might not know. No, that's right. really how Ramsey was. Really like was. he's playing right. a character of himself from 15 years ago. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but so kids, you, you don't think they they don't respond to that? They don't, you well, saying they don't have to? The they shouldn't. I, I, I mean, I think you know how I responded was by you know adhering to whatever it is I was getting yelled at about, and you know it may have uh, helped me be a better cook. Um, didn't, didn't necessarily help me be a better person, but you know it made me faster, it made me cleaner, it made me work smarter. But so where's that line between like that? Uh, where's the discipline? Like when does discipline become aggressive? I, I think. If everyone who is working with me wants to be there, and they're all doing their best, so I, I don't feel like I have to uh, yell to get a point across. Like I, I can be just really, really uh, blunt and just be like, uh, you know, do this next time, try this. You know, right. So someone's sma- smashing some chives and bruising some chives. What? What? How do you deal with that um, in your kitchens? I think it's like what, what the hell's going on with your knife? <laughs> right, you, right, you, know, right. you want to use my spoon instead? You know, right. maybe maybe it's, it's like <laughs> nice. using sarcasm or yes, yes. Right, yeah. So exactly like I would deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, a hammer. You had you had used a hammer on these chives. Hey everyone, I uh, hope you're enjoying this episode of Starting for Attention. Uh, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of: a coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not know about. True Car also helps people 
get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory. And, well, you'll get simply a better buying experience, whether you're buying new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others pay. So they know if they're getting a good deal before even buying it. They'll also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some of these features are not available in all states. They are in California, right? At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Hey guys, it's Caitlin Bristow with Off the Vine. Last year was so great and I'm kicking off the new year with a bang. I'm adding a mini episode each week. I'm going to answer your questions, take your confessions, and just so much more. So check out new episodes of Off the Vine every Tuesday and the new mini episodes starting Thursday, January 11th, exclusively at podcastone.com and the Podcast One app. Plus, remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. What's next in the restaurant empire right now for you? Uh, I am, you know, kind of concentrating on on you know what I have now um, with between uh, Rustic Canyon, uh, Esters, and Tallulahs, uh, and starting the process for a restaurant called Birdie G's um, uh, for probably beginning of sometime in 2019. And this is this is all the same uh, group, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is with uh, Josh Loeb and Zoe Nathan, uh, who also own uh, Huckleberry, Milo and Olive, Cassia, Sweet Rose Creamery. Yeah, they've been amazing to work with. So so you have three restaurants right now. Then how do you split your time? What do you what's what's your day looking like? So today uh, I have an event, um, this potluck with. uh, Oh, yeah. With with, Chang. With Chang and Roy Choi. Um, So. I went in yesterday to, to prep it out, and I'll go in uh, after here, uh, bake these uh, gratins off, and then go to this event tonight. Um, Wednesday, you know, I have uh, I have my have the farmers market, and then weekly manager meeting at Tallulah's, then you know to Rustic, and then I go wherever it's I need to go the most of the time. Um, you know, there might be a couple weeks where I need to uh, concentrate on one over the other. Um, so it just depends. Where? What about the book right now? So the book is at the sort of it's 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 done with its like initial sort of promotional yeah. tour. That was actually pretty quick. That was about two to three weeks of uh, of promotion and traveling, and then and then that was done. So uh, I, it kind of it's a little depressing for me, like because like it's exciting when you get out in the road and you're signing books and you're doing all this, and then like when it ends. I feel like, and this is more maybe just a commentary to my publishers, but it's just like, oh, that's it, it's done, and then like it's there back it is. To reality, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. pretty abrupt. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an abrupt finish, and it's like it is a tough thing to sort of yeah, like uh, you're done. come like back you're down out. to earth with because you're like, yeah, I have a book, 
and it's great and it's selling. Like, no, not really, only because the well, for me, only because like it's you know obviously when a book gets dropped, you know you sell a bunch early. Yeah, I think that's how it is. Like the first mo- three weeks, the first month is uh, seems to be the most of the sales. Did you? I know it took a long time. It's an amazing book, so I'm, I'm I know you're proud of it. Is it? Will there be another book? Is there a is there a follow up to it? Are you going to go the Trotter style and are you going to do vegetables and meat right. and desserts and <laughs> you know part of me wants to do another book, but right. I. And there were, you know, I talked with the publisher about doing another book, and everyone seemed stoked on it. But uh, I don't think I'm going to have the time. I think, you know, the the next restaurant, I, I just really want to be prepared for it. And I can't imagine in the next year writing a, a cookbook and planning a, a new restaurant. So I'm just going to focus on the restaurant. And maybe down the line, you know, I'll be able to do a book. But or you just do the. I always wanted to do, and we haven't figured out yet to do the restaurant cookbook, where it feels like. Then that would be easier because the rest like, you just scale them up and yeah they already exist and it's also right. like well we can shoot them whenever you want they're coming up out of the kitchen right now we can shoot that dish <laughs> they are. yeah I haven't been able to do that yet but I feel like the restaurant cookbook is a little easier than sitting down and saying we need a hundred home cooked recipes and you might have thirty or forty in your head but like right. then you have to go create recipes for cookbooks which is a little little weird depending on like what the cookbook's for your book obviously is for. I feel like it's for chefs, although you probably say, no, anyone could use it. But I mean, that's what I thought making it, and that's what I thought. Uh, I I thought it was going to be too boring. Like, I, I told my wife, I don't think this is going to be interesting enough. And then it came out, and, you know, the reviews was, it was very chef y. So it was like. Oh, that's the worst. But, like, you're a chef. Like, it, it's going. It, I, I can't help it. But. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's certain things that you can't, because it does come to a point where, like, how, how much can you take away before then the food isn't interesting at or, all or, or, yours. or less delicious? <laughs> right. Because, you know, whatever that is that you're taking away, you don't have that issue. But, like, I a think lot also of. Also, the wow factor of, like, a certain technique you use, it, it doesn't seem all that wow to you because cause you've done it hundreds of times. But to someone else, it blows their mind. Right. Yeah. True. So yeah, this just the, the, well, that's a tough thing. So like, how do you put that? That's a really interesting uh, thought right there. Is how do you put yourself in? Do you have people around you on your team that represent more of like the typical home cook, or uh, I think, or even in your restaurant, that the typical my, diner? My wife was was really uh, helpful in that. I mean, she's a really good cook, but right. there, there are certain things where. Uh, she would you know whether look at a recipe or, or try something or. There were certain uh, questions I wouldn't have thought of, or issues that might come up. And also, my co-author is a, is a great cook, uh, Noah Gluten, and he was able to uh, kind of catch a lot of things along the way as well. Right, chefy, chef, little chefy things yeah, that you're like, bring oh, it down the average person right. isn't going to yeah. go. Most of mine come with like uh, pantry items, like you know, like yeah. fun little vinegars or pastes or fermented this or that that the we can sub find. Recipes. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, right. Or or they're just like no one will ever. Or find even like yeah, you can't. No so one can find that, it, right? or it'll be <laughs> tough for someone to find that. And it's like, well, no, I want them to try though. Like I'll give them a substitute for it, but like no, I'd really like them to, you know, maybe go try and find a preserved lemon. And here's a recipe for a preserved lemon, but they shouldn't just not <laughs> use it. I'm pretty sure everyone is making the sea moss tapenade for my book. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I am. Sea now, moss is flying off the shelves now. Yeah. There, there you go. Um, listen, uh, Jeremy Fox, at the end of the show, we like to play uh, a little game. We like to play some fun games. Being that we're right around the New Year's. This is one of the, the first episodes of the New Year. Um, we want to play a game called Scarf or Barf with you. Are you game? Sure. Okay, so Scarf or Barf. Obviously, Scarf, you're down with it. You want to eat it or you're all for it. And Barf. If you're totally against it okay. or you want to spit it out. And something this came, like that. This came from um, your restaurant, right? The Scarf or Barf game. Scarf or like Barf is a game that 
comes from Juniper and Ivy where uh, we would present a new dish and we would let our servers uh, tally up the scarfs or barfs. You know, usually in the restaurant, you don't get too many barfs. <laughs> but you do get maybe a, like, I don't know if our guests are going to be into it. But scarf exactly. or barf, this is going to be New Year Eve menu edition. Okay. So are you f- scarf or barf for these following things? All right. So to start, the New Year's Eve prefix menu. Scarf or barf? Um, See, I knew this is going to be like, this is a more complicated answer <laughs> this than just one. This is going to be yeah. scarf or barf followed by a sentence or two here. Yeah, I, I'd say barf just because uh, it's usually, I don't know, I, I think those New Year's Eve and Valentine's are usually those things where it's thought of as amateur night and it, it tends to kind of, uh, you know, there's a pull to go that way. But uh, what we actually do is um, kind of a, a special menu that night. And it's kind of like a, a a feast where you pick out of this many out of this menu you pick six to eight things, uh, right? And it's served family style, so it's just like a lot of plates. So uh, that seems to work better for us. Um, that way, we're able to uh, you know try out a little bit more things, and it's just a little bit more fun for us. Yeah, I totally kitchen. agree. The whole, I mean, obviously, the whole shareable sort of like, hey, we can do sort of these tasting menus, but it doesn't have to be so uh, formatted. Uh, is something that I, I also say that knowing that you know our, our restaurant will have a prefix. Right. <laughs> I think it's raising the difficulty level a little bit. You know, instead of having to do 120 of this dish, we are going to do 40. It's the best way to go. Right. So and it, like it, I yeah. do think that there's that part also. Like, well, you know, people are coming. It might be their only time they ever come to the restaurant. It is a big deal for like if it is more of an amateur night. Give them what the restaurant you know does pretty much. Like, I'm okay with adding a couple things. Uh, but I remember writing an article in the. Creative loafing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, mean, Atlanta? Creative loafing, yeah. I wrote a blog for Creative Loafing about like my first New Year's Eve as a chef at that little restaurant, Fishbone. And I was like, I was like, it was New Year's Eve, and that place did like the Admiral's platter and like fried seafood, and it was crab cakes and simple <laughs> things. But I remember for New Year's Eve, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna chef it, and we're gonna do it. And we ordered like bologna oysters, and we had foie gras and all sorts of caviar, and like no one ordered any of it because it was a <laughs> restaurant that served, you know, Admiral's fried platters and crab cakes, and it was a horrible lesson as a chef to be sitting in that walk-in at the end of that first New Year's Eve and be yeah. like, oh, I have all this caviar. I just like lost this restaurant's profit for months because of this silly uh, chef thing to do. Okay, next uh, New Year's Eve edition, Scarf or Barf, the... Speaking of supplements. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of supplements, <laughs> the truffle supplement, Scarf or Barf? Scarf? Although we... Because <laughs> I, 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 would, I would personally, you know, scarf it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love truffles, yeah. but um, we don't sell a whole lot of truffles at Rustic Canyon. You know, right. we, we've done the thing where we uh, try to do uh, the set menu with caviar and oysters and e- even even foie gras a couple of times. And um, it, it's just not really – it doesn't necessarily fit fit what we right. do. So it doesn't usually go over. And where does it – where does – I mean, I guess obviously yeah, there yeah, are some yeah. certainly, uh, you know, uh, very formal restaurants or very you know, classic and, restaurants that yeah. do it. Uh, where do we – but I also – there's a – I love truffles. I mean, truffles. We love truffles. They're expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're just you know, expensive for the diner. Pound, I think. Yeah, when you're looking at the, where were we recently in New York where it was like 100 Car- bucks Carbon, at Carbone? Yeah. Like, yeah, I want it. But now I don't <laughs> want to spend $100 on it. Um, all right, next one then. We're just going to keep along the theme of supplements the foie gras supplement. I will usually always get it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> always get it. We don't sell a lot of it. Right. Same, same answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that being said, we'll just round out the big trio of New Year's Eve sort of supplements the caviar supplement. Yeah, I so mean, I, you're not ordering either. So I, I one, probably wouldn't order right. it. No, my, the only thing I feel like I've ever done with the caviar supplement was at uh, my burger place. 
just folding some into ranch dressing and mm-hmm. having it as a dipping sauce for fries. I felt good about that one for yeah. some. I felt like that fit, but I felt like you know they, they, it's a tough supplement to, to push on people. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I did it at it's this really you know high end restaurant uh, unnamed um, several years ago and thought like an ounce would be good and you know I was like oh, how about an ounce and and because there was a caviar cart right and uh, the guy was like that's that's about enough to get stuck in your teeth. Right. So, was, uh, so they shame you, right? There's yeah, a shaming yeah. And that was actually the what they said. So, right. Um, oh, horrible. So I, I think I ended up getting two ounces, but it, it, it was it was a then lot. You're of, having your arm yeah. twisted. Yeah, a lot, a lot of caviar. A lot of yeah. caviar, and then also a lot of my like. What did that run you? I don't right. even like think way about too it. much. Yeah. Like it's I mean, I don't really drink yeah. a lot, so we don't have. But like, it, it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, getting away from the supplements, uh, the classic sort of New Year's Eve. Uh, come into this restaurant. We're doing something different. Live music, live music in the restaurant on New Year's Eve. Uh, barf. I think it's just too loud. I, yeah. I agree. It's yeah. too loud. And like, unless you're, I guess my only uh, comment would be, unless you already do that yeah. on Saturdays, then why just bring it in for this that one I day? Agree. Um, or unless it's a really interesting instrument, like a didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. Like bassoon. I feel like, like what's that? Bassoon, a bassoon, just... didgeridoo, like some sort of interesting, like sort of hipster. <laughs> I don't sort know of thing. what a didgeridoo is. Is that yeah. a real thing? Oh, oh yeah. didgeridoo is like a giant. Uh, I think Aber- it's Aboriginal. Aborigine, think, yeah. It's like a giant wooden mm-hmm. uh, flute sort of thing. It's like six feet long. Like if you... you've ever watched like Crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's like it's that real like deep like. That's the, the sound of like crocodiles floating <laughs> around in the swamp yeah. sort of thing. Someone's gonna get mad at that. Um, the <laughs> balloon drop, the New Year's Eve balloon drop. Gosh, have you ever done that in a restaurant? I feel like we've done like you know like confetti or something, like you know oh. confetti cannon something. or something. Yeah. I might get, I might be confusing my mess. television. I'm all time. for a balloon drop. I like I like I like festive. It's you get to take one home if yeah. you have kids and you can bring home yeah. the balloon, right? Yeah. Um, okay, balloon drop. We're all in. Uh, then I'm assuming you're going to say party favors. You're okay with party favors and top hats and scarf. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all, yeah. <laughs> nice. Go go in. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to party together one day. Right on. I'm, I'm crazy. When was the last time? By the way, we talked this. When was the last time you ever went out? You went out on a New Year's Eve to, as a diner. <laughs> right. Have you? Yeah, ever? I, I, right. Right. Uh, I think it's. Maybe been. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I remember I only once as like a culinary. I was in like the Caribbean as a culinary school student and went yeah. to some sort of like hotel-y thing in the Caribbean or whatever. But yeah. that's it. I think like, maybe when I was briefly a chef at a hotel in Aspen, I may have like after work gone to this uh, like was it Boogie's Diner mm-hmm. um, and uh, and just had like a patty melt or something. There you go. Well, that's we've. I feel like we've done that at the Majestic in it. Didn't we do like oh, a, Majestic. Uh, yeah, yeah. the Majestic? Yeah. I think we might have had an early after, morning, yeah, late, late post, night, post us, uh, uh, New Year's Eve sort yes. of thing. Right. Uh, the New Year's or any holiday actually. Let's just spread this one out. Mm-hmm. The wedding proposal in the restaurant. Yeah, scarf. Why not? Yeah, yeah. go for it. I like this. Um, uh, some people have feelings on it. You know, do some they? people. I don't know. Some it's people festive. think that. Uh, it's, you know, kind of tacky to do a wedding proposal in a restaurant. Really? I don't. I like when I'm involved with them. I'll get the cloche out and do the whole thing. And, oh, let's, let's get smoke, some smoke in the, the dome ring, yeah. and whatever it is. And <laughs> I, although I, that could stay on the ring. I think I would point. not want to be the proposee. Right. Mm. Just because all eyes are on you. And that, yeah. that's basically my nightmare. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, yeah, because then, I mean, they have to say, like, if, 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 well, if you're on the spot, he or she doesn't sure. say yes. You then have an audience. Yeah. You have to yeah. really know it's going to be a yes to do, to do it like that yeah. public. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, are you good for uh, New Year's Eve? 
Uh, you're okay with any type of bubbles, or does it have to be champagne? We're talking about champagne alternatives. You're okay with? Uh, does it have to be champagne? No, no whatever. 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 It's just got to be Bubbly. bubbles. You're a Californian. That was going to be yeah. a pretty easy uh, answer. Uh, Jeremy Fox playing Scarf or Barf New Year's Edition. Uh, pretty well played. That was an easy game, by the way. It was easy. Will you come it back was more and of we'll, a, you know, like yeah. uh, get your opinion kind of game? Yeah. Take the difficulty like up a notch. Yeah. What's that? Take right. the difficulty up a notch. I think, I think the next yeah. time we bring you back, the next time we're, we're gonna, going deep yeah. into like tubers and stuff. Okay. And well, that's what it was. Yeah. Jasmine's idea was going to be like, uh, can you identify this vegetable? Which one would have been? Uh, we would have had we to have a video to component video. to it, so we couldn't do that. And I was like, there's not going to be anything like he knows what a crone is. Like, what what could we possibly put in front of him that he doesn't know what that is? Or though. Tuber or root vegetable, that could be a fun game, perhaps. I don't know. You'd probably the, crush that the, one. I'm actually really into tubers. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's, there's a lot of really cool ones, you know, Absolutely. based you know, in South America, like Peru, yeah. uh, Argentina. There's a lot of really cool ones, but um, they're, uh, they're pretty fascinating. They're beautiful. They yeah. are. They yeah. are. They, they have, there is. There's this sort of like mysterious dark art. And right, beauty well, to tubers. Yeah. Uh, we're, we might be two That's of uh, we'll very few people that share that sort of uh, admiration for the beauty of tubers. Will you come back? I'd love to. Also, yeah. I'm going to just put you on the spot. Would you come down? I would love to do a book signing with you down in San Diego. You don't even have to do anything except show up and sign some books. And sure. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, do a Q&A with me on stage in one of my restaurants or something like that. Love to. Let's do Thanks. it. Awesome. Jeremy Fox, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Starving for Attention. Hey, you almost forgot uh, 86. Oh, my gosh. I know. Jasmine. What's wrong with you? Especially you with okay? Jeremy. Okay. Jeez. At the end of the episode, Jeremy, we do one thing. Before I get, I was getting too excited. You're getting excited. You're uh, getting excited about him coming down to visit. That's yeah, and I also want You're going to eat ramen with him again. And I'm going to wear a top hat and play. Um, it's 86. We ask our guests at the end to 86 one thing in their whatever they want in their world. It could be food. It could be something in the restaurants. It could be something in the world. One thing that Jeremy Fox wants to 86 and get rid of. Black garlic. Nice. Oh, yes. Wow. I like when someone says something that also potentially could be food-wise controversial. <laughs> no, yeah. That's like, no, why, why do you want to? Why do you want an eighty-six black garlic? I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the the flavor. It it just overpowers things. I mm. think you know if it's on a dish, I that'll usually be something for me to just avoid that entire dish. Well, yeah. Um, or at least hope that it's like off to the side because I know just everything is going to taste like black You're garlic. You're the man too because what? I also feel like it, it, it falls in like it becomes a marketing thing, right? It's like right. well, black garlic. Pretty sure it's like, just like a word. Once it's in Trader Joe's, it's jumped the shark. And I saw it there. So it's And like, in all fairness, totally I did a, a summer tour for a company pretty much promoting black garlic all summer. But you're right. As, as far as menus, it, it, can, it, it takes over. And then flavor-wise, which is why you're, you're the man. That being said, there is a recipe for making your own black garlic <laughs> in on vegetables uh, available on your uh, uh, about 12 days. 12 days mm-hmm. to make your own black garlic well, in cool. on vegetables by Jeremy Fox. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for listening to Starving Attention. Starving for Attention. I'm Richard Blaze with Jasmine Blaze. Heather is on the other side of the glass. Jeremy Fox was here. Do us a favor. Jump on over to to the Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Subscribe to the podcast. It helps us with this algorithm. When the algorithm basically helps promote the uh, the idea, and then we get more people to listen to us, and then we get to do uh, more amazing episodes like we recorded today. You can also find us on the Podcast One app. Uh, we'll speak to you soon next year in 2018. Oh, we're already this in year. 2018. Yeah. Uh, Till next week. Stay Happy hungry. 2018. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. 
Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers Podcast with Jay Moore, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's Podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sessions with Randy Jackson, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.